Hello and welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the only podcast that Josh Gad hasn't asked to be on an isolation video chat with. I am your host, Josh Gad, <laughs> and uh, joining me this week is Josh Gad. No, wait, it's not Josh Gad, it's that other man. Hey, guys! Oh, God. He's slightly less annoying, um, but still a little bit annoying. <laughs> it's your favourite friend. It's Mr. Doody Dootrim. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm good. I'm uh, I'm happy we don't have Josh Gad. What the fuck is going on with Josh Gad? I um, I need to know the question, the answer to my question. What is happening with Josh Gad? Because we discovered today he now has the Lord of the Rings crew together. Um, but he's he's just been doing a whole bunch of work with just a whole bunch of random movies for some reason. I I have no idea. I will say now. Look, I don't know much of Josh Gad's work. I know he did like the fucking Frozen movies, and he mm. did Beauty and the Beast, and all that sort of shit. He is fantastic in Little Monsters, which is that um, oh yeah Australian zombie film. Yeah, he's fantastic in that film. Yeah, it's he's he's a very interesting dude in like in some of the ways he's he's done some really good stuff. Other ways he's done some really terrible terrible things, like that Beauty and the Beast movie. <laughs> Um, it's very Disney kid friendly <laughs> stuff, which is just, it's grating on the ears and on the eyes. But then you watch like Little Monsters and it's like, you know what? Yeah, he's grating and stuff like that. And it's funny that he's playing like a Wiggles esque performer for kids. Yeah. But then you realize he's fucked a lot of mums and all that sort of stuff. And it's fantastic. <laughs> and he's drinking hand sanitizer because it's got alcohol in it. It's yeah. so good. Well, um, he's been doing, yeah, this this show called Reunited Apart while in isolation, and now this weekend, as uh, Tom can attest, he's very excited about this, he's getting together the Lord of the Rings crew. It's uh, It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. He didn't get everyone, though. I think Orlando Bloom wasn't on the call. Um, yeah, prob- oh, no, he was. He, he definitely was. Um, so, was he? Yeah, Orlando Bloom was on there, and uh, much uh, to... Tom's annoyance. Miranda Otto made an appearance. So um, is that is that the person with the blonde hair? Um, she's redhead, but yeah, blondie, ready. Yeah, um, she's Who's, is that is that Arwen? Arwen, yeah. So yeah, what's wrong with her? I'm just gonna say I'm on Team Arwen. I think she was hard done by. I think uh, she got fucking stood up, and I'm on her side. So. I, I will say Come the best me. thing out of that photo is Carl <laughs> Urban is is legitimately in his Billy Butcher get-up. Like, yes, he's got his beard and his hair, but he's in the trench coat and everything in the video. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm just Everyone gonna, else is, you know, sitting at home and he's Billy Butcher. I'm just going to say, Carl Urban is a genuinely sexy man. Um, oh, he, shit, yeah. Like, you look at all these other people, they look like they've been stuck in their own homes for the past three months, and Carl Urban looks like a sexy motherfucker. So, uh, good mm-hmm. on you, Carl. Um, yes. Anyway, let's talk about some games, because that's the purpose of our show. We're here... On Shaken Not Noob to discuss games. And I've got lots to talk about because lots been happening. Um, we're going to start off with some news. First update, an update that came through from our friends at Blizzard. BlizzCon 2020 is no more. Don't they have phones? <laughs> that was the first thing I said. <laughs> but we've got phones now. <laughs> I'm like, you can do a live coverage event. From the safety of your own phone. <laughs> yeah, they um, they finally decided to bow to public pressure and not go ahead with BlizzCon, um, which I'm sure a lot of people are upset about and a lot of other people are going, they really do that fucking thing every fucking year. 
It's yeah. Look, to be honest, it's like here's our new World of Warcraft expansion. Here's a tease for the new Diablo. Here's our here's new something app. to do with Overwatch. <laughs> Everyone buy some merch that we can't move and get the fuck out. I could understand if it was a, a like a, a company that was bringing out a new game every year, like the constantly bringing out something like an Ubisoft or something like that. Like they they come through and they go, hey, here's our new game and it's in a new genre. It's doing something different. That would be cause for them to hold a conference every year. Sony, EA, like those guys, they could definitely do that. Blizzard, though, they do like five games, maybe, and they just keep bringing out the same shit every fucking year. Uh, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft, Hearthstone, and Overwatch. Yeah, five games. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they've cancelled BlizzCon for this year. So, sorry, Blizzards, Blizz, Blizz fans, Blizzards, Blizzards. Blizzard, yeah, blizzards. Yeah, I don't know. It's like glutard, but a blizzard. <laughs> if you don't know what a glutard is, you can't have gluten. You're a blizzard, yes. Um, you got to yeah. you got to get the ard really hard hard in there. Um, so yes, that's the thing. You can buy vert. You used to be able to like previously last year. If you clearly can't make it to BlizzCon because you're in another country or another state, or you just can't afford to go, then they have virtual tickets for uh, like a hundred and thirty bucks US. For you to virtually watch everything, be, you know, besides the fact that fucking every news outlet for gaming will cover it, but you also get in-game exclusives like a skin for your character in Overwatch. I'm like, I'm not spending 130 bucks I for a skin. I don't, I don't mind that. Like, I think it's a, a great way of engaging fans who are overseas. I've got friends who get together every year. They do a a, you know, a BlizzCon event, and they you know, everyone ships in like 10 bucks. And they sit around and play games all weekend, and it's and and watch the conference. So I think there's there's some good ways to enjoy that, you know, remotely. But the fact that they couldn't just do the whole fucking thing remotely, they needed those nerds on site. I think is um, is the biggest problem. They 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 just drain the wallets of the people that show up at these events every single time. So I think they um, they're going to go back to the drawing board and maybe come up with something big for uh, for 2021. But it won't be happening this year. So um, there'd be there'd also be a lot of people in person going. So when are you fixing Warcraft three? <laughs> so we've got phones now, and um... <laughs> that game Warcraft three. Like if you go onto the actual Warcraft three Reforged website, they are using the old promo photos from what they originally shown as new gameplay. Well, not new gameplay, but new uh, cinematics and all the sort of stuff that was making the game more modern and in line with current cinematics because like warcraft 3 came out in like 2003 and they're still using those old promo videos and photos to promote the game that does not have any of those new cinematics in it yeah it's it's an absolute shocker they that's a a randy pitchford idea right there (laughs) these guys are absolute dirtbags so i'm kind of glad that they're gonna miss out but yeah there we go Anyway, moving on from BlizzCon and the Blizzards uh, enjoying themselves everywhere. Um, I'm going to be talking about something that's very exciting, very near and dear to my heart. It's the PS5 release window calendar games. This I did take a look at this one you sent it through. Oh, man, this looks so cool. This was, They basically um, gave us a big uh, roadmap of, of the games that are going to be coming out very shortly for uh, the PS5. Um, they gave us a sort of a, this is going to be available at launch 6 to 12 months over 12 months. Um, so that, that gives you a bit of an idea about what things are coming through. Uh, so at launch, we're likely to see Dirt 5, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is all good. That's 
Yeah, um, that's you. the that's the first Assassin's Creed game I've been excited for mm. since Black Flag. <laughs> and I heard the other day someone got really excited about they're like they're, they're trying to sell it up, and then they said it's going to be locked at thirty frames per second. Um, so I think that's that's not kind of cool for people who want to be HD gaming at much better frame rates. But anyway, besides the point, um, we've got FIFA twenty one. Uh, we've got a game called Godfall, um, which looks kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a um, uh, like a Dark Souls kind of game. It looks really interesting. I think this is the one where you like possess the other like other characters. It looks yeah pretty pretty epic. So check out uh, the trailer for that one. Um, we've got Madam. We've got NHL. Um, we've got a game called Outriders, which sounds pretty interesting too. Which is a sci-fi fantasy co-op shooter. Um, so we've got some really cool ones that I think we'll see. Rainbow Six Siege, we're getting a, an updated version for that one as well. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you, pl- you, you play that thing in high-end graphics on a PC, mm. and, like, when someone breaks open a wall, like, you know, with a hammer or fucking explodes the wall open, you see, like, the dust particles going through the air and stuff like that. Oh, it's... Yeah. They, they keep updating it. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it, it is a very good-looking game, especially the high high graphics. Um, like, when we played it at the, uh, that launch, for the um, the new season, Year Five Pass, yeah, yeah, that was um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. We were getting to play that on those uh, pretty high end PCs at uh, what's the name of the place again? Um, for, uh, Fortress Melbourne, and you one. were on the stage as well for a couple of rounds. That's right, sitting in a very comfy chair. Um, I just remember standing there, like everyone was watching this. Like this is a side story, <laughs> there, viewers. Quick side story: everyone sitting there watching this big, like fucking stadium esque size screen, and. And everyone's playing pretty hardcore, and then I see someone running with a with a with a, a body shield playing as Fuse, and I'm going, "Cool, that's Fuse, all right." And they just get their knees popped out of and fall to the ground. I went, "That's fuzzy." <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> he didn't know. To, he didn't know to crouch with it with that riot shield. I was asking everybody, "How do I crouch? <laughs> Can somebody tell me how to crouch?" <laughs> uh, but you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, that was actually quite funny because that that event was about two weeks before everything shut down. Um, so yeah. everyone was like really super cautious and that was supposed to be their like soft opening and they were going to like do a, a hard launch that weekend and they weren't able to. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but it was supposed to launch with, um, the Formula One. uh, the Formula One because the, yeah. the, one of the, one of the gentlemen we met at Fortress was like, Oh, do you guys like Formula One? I'm like, do I? <laughs> do and I? they're like, <laughs> Come here on Saturday night. I'm like, why is that? They're like, we're going to have cockpits set up to play Formula One. I'm like, ooh, baby. <laughs> well, look, we'll get back there eventually, I'm sure, and we'll see me up on the big screen doing weird, stupid things oh, yeah. in stupid games. But yes, uh, there we go. So look, at least we're getting that. Um, they did also tease Rainbow Six Quarantine. I don't know if you know anything about that. Yes, that was teased last year at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, so previously, um, I believe it was with the Year 3 pass, there was this game mode that there was a limited time event. So Rainbow Six Siege does these limited time, like six-week game modes that come out. Uh, and it was a, it was a sort of a, a Left 4 Dead zombie mode. Um, so it was you and two others. So it was a three-person game mode. Would, uh, oh, would I remember go that. I played a bit uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a scientist, or you'd you'd get cures for a vaccine, or something in a in a heavily sort of toxic, hostile area, and you just have to fend off waves of of monsters and creatures and all that sort of stuff, and you'd have to manage your your supplies and your inventory and stuff, and actually have to call out who's doing what. Mm. Um, 
so it had that Rainbow Six Siege realism of the bullet damage, but it also had a heavy impact on survival in regards to your munitions. Yeah. Um, so it looks like they're doing that as an actual separate standalone game because yeah. people loved that game mode. Well, there we go. So look, um, I, I think that's, that's sort of targeted within the next six to 12 months of uh, the PS5 release. So probably end of next year, we're likely to see that, um, depending on yeah. obviously development time. Um, but the big ones, I think the big notable emissions from this, I don't know if you, you, you read this. The uh, I looked for one game and it wasn't there. <laughs> um, so Cyberpunk 2077 is not being confirmed for next-gen platforms Ooh. at this stage. Um, obviously, um, it's- No, uh, CD Projekt Red did come out and say they are going to do a next-gen console port, yeah. but it is not on the immediate horizon, so it's not going to be... And look- it's going to be like... Um, you know, tw- like how Grand Theft Auto Five was yeah. for the, you know, PlayStation 3, 360 onwards. It, ca- it came out a long a long time after that. So it's, it, it will be interesting mm. because mm. obviously this is, you know, they're developing it on current-gen technology. So just porting it up to the new gen and, like, not being able to develop on that next-gen platform will be very interesting to see how that comes through. Um, Marvel's Avengers, um, also not getting uh, a PS5 or Xbox, uh, six box release. Um They've got a multi-year plan apparently for the release, so they won't be doing anything on PS on the the next gen consoles, which is it's kind of crazy to me. I, I kind of think that they should be, but beyond the beyond the point, that's uh, yeah the two big ones yeah. that I've seen on here that uh, I suppose the big noticeable emissions for me. Uh, I I do know at least when it comes to the Xbox point uh, point is that. Every Xbox One game will be backwards compatible to the the, the Series X. Yeah, um, and that's so. If that's you do fine. get Avengers on Xbox, then you can play it on your Series X. I don't know about the PlayStation. Yeah, um, PlayStation is more your sort of forte than mine. But I'm surprised that there was no God of War on the list, um, and yeah. that there was no Spider Man because people were saying Spider Man was going to be a launch title for the PlayStation Five. I, I don't want them to like. I don't want them to bring back stuff as part of a launch package. Bring it back in six to twelve months. So for that next round of Christmas, right? But that first year, okay. I think you need to bring out unique titles. Um, and Sony does this really well. Like, every time they launch, they come out with something big and unique as part of their um, a, a part of their package. So I think they need to focus on that. Um, they've had some hit and miss ones in the past, but I think they should focus on getting those ones out there, and they'll be really fun. Um, I think Godfall, especially, like, that's one of the exclusives that'll come out. That looks good, and that looks like a, a solid launch title that will do them well. Um, and along with everything else, they just need those big ones to start with, and then you can bring back your classics later on. You know, do like a you know, sell it for fifty bucks or you know, half price, you know, of a, a full title in, in six to twelve months, and people will buy it because they've gotten over the you know that that transition to the new titles. Yeah, yeah. But yes, so yeah, we haven't seen anything yet, or I haven't seen anything yet from the Xbox guys. So I'd love to see a new uh, release calendar for them and what they're planning. Um, they've been pretty coy about it, and um, I, I think it'll be nice to see something uh, something soon so that we can get excited about it. Yeah, they did do a they do their sort of inside Xbox. It's like a once monthly sort of video blog of sort of what's going on um and last month's or sorry this month's one so earlier in may they were like we're doing a, an xbox series x one so of course i stayed up and tuned in to watch it all because i'm like i want to see what 
you're showing for Xbox. And it was just showing some new games here and there. It wasn't showing much. And then it showed Assassin's Creed Valhalla with those little snippets of, mm. of in-game gameplay. Yeah. Um, but it didn't actually show anything on the on the console in regards to pricing or yeah. boot up or menu or anything like that. So, I was a little annoyed with that. But not as annoyed as I was with, uh, I think it was the Game Awards last year. I got <laughs> so pissed off watching those Game Awards last year. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just a one massive ad, that place. Um yeah I, yeah, I I hate it when they turn these things and like I get that they're trying to sell stuff and that's their whole the, their whole purpose is to make money, but give people what they want. Don't just like say we're going to talk about it and then not talk about it for the entire fucking thing. So I, I think that's yeah, a little yeah, bit exactly. a little bit misleading and it puts you off actually paying attention in the future. Because um, there was like a, there was there was a buttload of rumors going around in regards to the, the Game Awards last year in November December that it was like they're going to show some new Spider Man stuff or they're going to show some new God of War stuff or and one of the biggest rumors was the new Batman game is going to be completely unveiled. So I watched the I watched all of it in the middle of the office, being like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch this, and there's no Batman, and now people are going like, oh, there's going to there was going to be a Warner Brothers press event at E3, but E3 is cancelled, so they're going to do a. A virtual one at some point. I'm like, yeah. just show me the new Batman game. Mate, I'll believe it when it comes out. That's all I can say. <laughs> I just want Batman. Those Batman games are so fucking good. <laughs> well, look, Dirty, speaking of believing it when I see it, Culture Shock Collectibles. I believe it. Yeah. I see it. They're our sponsor for the show. They come I out with all sorts of amazing things. They're the number one stop for all of your nerdy collectible needs. Now... I yes. don't know if you've seen some stuff. I saw this. I thought this was pretty cool. It came out this week. It's the uh, the Wonder Woman from Wonder Woman eighty four, um, in her gold armor with the giant wings and all the rest of it. I have no context for what that's about. I just think it looks like a, a pretty badass. Yeah. So there's two different versions of that hot toy. There is the the normal standard version mm-hmm. uh which comes with wonder woman in a gold armor she's got the wings but then there will be a, a sort of a limited edition version if you will it'll cost maybe you know like that extra 10 or 20 bucks or 30 bucks in some instances and it will have the open wings so you can actually have the wings open in a big wingspan sort of pose if you want to do it that way ah. um so michael's got both of those up for pre-order so there's two different sort of sets of pre-orders um you'll get that every now and then with with certain figures like with you know with an iron man for previously They've had, or even I think the last one that I can recall off the top of my head is War Machine for Infinity War. You got the normal War Machine Infinity War. You spend an extra 30 bucks and you got a dead uh, Marauder, out, Outrider, I think it was called. There's like alien things that come from those pods that is like Thanos' thing. Ah, yeah. But they all yeah. shoot in the Wakandan fields. Like it comes with a dead one of those. It says limited edition on the box. And when it comes to if you buy one and then you want to sell it, you know, a year later, two years later, people want the special edition over the normal because it comes with the extra goodies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And Michael's also just received some stickers um, from the same company that did our stickers. Oh. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're high quality. Mine's still on the back of my phone. It's been in the shower with me basically <laughs> every day of the week. And um, no peeling, no, no nothing. And what are you doing? <laughs> I put music on my phone and throw it in the shower and it sort of echoes around the shower. It's pretty oh, cute. I see, I see. Is pretty cute. Um, yeah, I, I put in a pre-order for a new hot toy last week and uh, tried to be coy about it with Mrs. Duty, but of course she figured out. <laughs> Is that because we were shouting about it on this show? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you did you pre-order another hot toy? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, is it Star Wars? Yes. And I'm like, I thought you were done with Star Wars. I thought your director Krennic was going to be your last Star Wars hot toy, and then you were done. I'm like, look, I need one more. Yes. And then like, if they make it, if they make a Grand Admiral Thrawn, I will get a Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, but after that, I'm done. But they haven't announced a Grand Admiral. They're not going to make a Grand Admiral. See, but if they make one, it's ju- it's always just one more with you, mate. You've got a problem. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are worse problems to have in this world, uh, but it's still a problem. <laughs> could be worse. I could be a Warhammer player and collect I don't know Imperial Guards or Necron or something. Oh, good lord. Um, yes. <laughs> but look, if you are in the market for some new hot toys, you need to feed the habit. Get along to Culture Shock Collectibles. They do have everything you need. CultureShockCollectibles.com for all of those things. They've got the uh, the Batman, uh, the old school, well, not old school, but the from the 89 Batman film to the, however you want to interpret it, Batman and Robin film. They've got all the villains as Funko Pops. Oh, okay. So you can get an Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze Funko Pop. It looks fantastic. <laughs> And then they've got the um the big Batman Funkos as well, right? The big sort of yeah, that yeah. thing is it's, small I think child it's size. <laughs> yeah, it's like one hundred and seventy bucks, and it is about four times the size of a normal Funko Pop. It's fucking huge. There you go. So uh, if you don't have any children, replace one in your life with a almost lifelike Batman. Um. <laughs> I mean, look, if... Uh, no, nah, I, I won't continue with that joke. <laughs> Staying away from that one, well played. Um, all right, let's, yep. we've got a couple of games to talk about this week, so let's get right into it. I'm going to kick off with yours because I love hearing yours first. Um, I've got a lot to say about mine at the end as well. Um, so, Duty, you've been playing Mafia 2, the remastered yes. edition. What's, it, what's, the, what's the go? What's the dealio, buddy-o? Ooh. I'm going to tell you a game that you can refuse. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Mafia 2 Definitive Edition. Um, so I put a, a wee bit of a teaser on the Shake Not Earth listener community. If you're not a yes. part of it, get on board of it. It's on the uh, it's on the Facebooks. Um, but it is essentially uh, 2K Games have announced that they're doing sort of definitive editions for all of their Mafia games. So Mafia 3 has gotten a bit of a definitive edition. It just comes with all the DLC. Um, the game only released a couple of years ago. So it's not that... It doesn't need that much of a refresher in regards to graphics. Yeah. Uh, Mafia 2 came out in 2010. So, it came out 10 years ago. Yes. Um, it is a little bit of an older looking game comparing it to what modern consoles can do now. Sure. Uh, and then that's all sort of leading up to this year, I believe in August, uh, we are getting Mafia 1 Definitive Edition, which is going to be a complete r- sort of remake, remaster of the OG OG Mafia film, uh, Mafia game because that was made in two thousand two and you look at the sort of the graphics of that and you're sitting there going that's early PlayStation two graphics yeah and they're completely redoing it sort of like what you get with Resident Evils with the uh, with Resident Evil two and Resident Evil three and they're completely completely fucking it over and, and doing a whole new load on it I'm, I'm um, not gonna lie that first Mafia game that was kind of like Crazy Taxi with like Mafia people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so. so uh, <laughs> So uh, it, in sort of preparation for that, uh, I, I reached out to our to our awesome contacts at Two K, just going, "Hey guys, look, I'm excited for Mafia, the new one, the, or not the new one, but the the OG one that's getting completely revamped uh, later this year." Uh, and they went, "Yeah, here's a, you know, let's take a look at Mafia 2. And 
look, I, I, you know, I said it last week with Saints Row, and apologies again for the episode dropping a little bit later, but Saints Row is a Nicolas Cage film, GTA is a, is a Tarantino film, Mafia is a Scorsese film. It's, it's very character-driven. It's, it's heavily story-driven. It's about three and hours longer than it needs to be. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's it. I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, but it's yeah, it is. It's heavy. It's heavily, heavily story driven. Like the first three to four hours of you playing Mafia Two, you're going to be doing maybe two exciting forms of missions, and the rest is going to be go pick this up, go steal this, go sneak into this. You know, go get money from this guy. Go beat these guys up. Like these mundane, boring tasks, and it's 2010 fetch quests. Yeah. So they're very similar in level structure and in the gameplay structure. But between the sort of the levels you're getting, the cutscenes and interacting, you're getting so much character development. You're getting a fuckload of character development, but it's very boring, mundane tasks. Um. So, essentially, this game, Mafia 2, is... Uh, I haven't played any of the previous Mafia games. I'm now looking at at, uh, at Mafia 3 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this one sort of starts off with, uh, y- you know, as a, as a kid, your character, Vito. He goes from uh, Sicily, I think it's Sicily, um, to Empire Bay, which is basically just fucking New York City. And... Um, he as as he's growing up, he's in Little Italy. He learns to speak, you know, English because he can only speak Italian. He gets in trouble by robbing a, uh, a a jewelry store, and he gets forced to go back to Italy as an Allied soldier in World War Two. You can't you you know take some damage in World War Two, but you come back to Empire Bay for I think it's like a week or a month just to sort of rest and recuperate, and then uh, you you speak to your old sort of childhood friend, and he makes one phone call, and oh, you're too injured to go back to to war you know (laughs) and you're starting to get sort of this that little bit of that sort of that tease that you get at the start of a Scorsese film like when you watch you know if you've watched The Irishman you get that little bit of a tease at the start with Robert De Niro and the Sticky Bandit um I've forgotten his fucking name um (laughs) no no the Sticky Bandit let's go with that yeah Mr. Sticky Bandit himself (laughs) yeah I can't remember the actor's name I'm sorry Um, that's it (laughs) Mr. Sticky Bandit himself Mr. Sticky Bandit, yeah, but you get that sort of, that little sort of tease of there's that, that underworld presence that's that's gone on that, you know, you know, forget about it, don't worry about it, I'll, I'll, I'll organise it sort of thing. And as you keep going, you sort of start doing those more smaller mundane tasks that after a while start to sort of build up and build up to, okay, you're meeting someone, this guy is, you know... He says he's high up. No, he's not high up. This guy's actually high up. And you sort of you 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 meet each step of the ladder as you sort of keep going in the game. But the first couple of hours in the game is very slow because you have to make those connections. You have to do those six boring mundane tasks that will take you an hour or two mm. to make yourself a bit reliable with you know relative contacts. Um, the gameplay is pretty straightforward if you've played. Uh, any Grand Theft Auto game, or if you've played Gears of War, it's pretty straightforward in regards to that. The the A button on an Xbox or the X button will on a PlayStation will snap you into cover. Uh, aim with the aim and shoot as you normally would, um, and the D pad controls what weapons you have. So left is this, right is this, so on and so forth. Um, it's got because it's a 2010 game and it's not something say like a 
Grand Theft Auto or, or anything like that. The aiming is a little bit loose, sort of like a Saints Row. It's, it's more arcade-like in regards to its aiming, but it's got this really serious setting around it mm. that doesn't work because Saints Row is that is the, the arcade, funny, goofy, over-the-top style where Grand Theft Auto is that serious, rooted sort of styled story where this has got more of the, the looseness in regards to its controls and aiming of Saints Row, but the seriousness of the world around it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's no motorbikes, there's no planes, there's no over-the-top vehicles or anything like that to drive. You've just got these classic retro cars that you've got in, like, Batman the Animated Series or The Godfather or, or stuff like that. Um, so, it's, it's sort of like, if you've watched The Godfather, it's that, but you're not directly involved with the family at all you or not directly involved with the martyr at all you are basically someone who's coming into their own and then working your way up you're not the godfather's son or something like that you're not anything like that okay um one of the issues i had with it is this is a definitive edition it includes all of the dlc that has previously released for mafia 2 and that's great um, there's there's a there's a slight graphical tweak, nothing like nothing as say like Saints Row. Has Saints Row had like a heap of lighting details and all this sort of stuff? It's that that graphical tweak that when you look at a side by side comparison, you're going, okay, I can see the pores in Vito's face and all that sort of stuff like that. Yeah. But the mission structure is quite weird because the first couple chapters in the game teach you how to play, how to how to pick a lock, how to steal a car, how to jump a fence, how to do those sort of required tasks of someone doing an everyday job for the mafia. But the start of the game, you're in World War II. That's where you learn how to shoot and you're thrown into a siege. So it's like, if you do something wrong, you're going to get killed because it's it's war. And then when you go to Empire Bay and you learn how to drive and stuff, you're then taught how to steal a car. And as you're going to go steal a car, one of your sort of uh, team members go- gives you a pistol and it's like, hey, shoot some rounds into that car over there. It's like, I don't need to learn how to shoot again <laughs> because I was in World War Two. I know how to shoot because the game teaches me how to shoot then. Hey, how about Why those do I need to learn cans how- over there? We should definitely try and yeah. steal all of those. <laughs> Yeah, the the game gives you like a, an old wrecker of a of a cart. It's like, oh, you know, just put some rounds into that. I'm like, why? I know how to like my character should have turned around and going, I know how to shoot. Fuck off. And it should <laughs> in be an the, option being in like, the mission. <laughs> yeah, it it should have been an option like you know, pull the right trigger to, to take some practice shots, pull the left trigger to disregard this. Mm. Um, it is a 2010 game that has been pushed up, you know, or just redone for, for modern consoles. The story is great. I'm really enjoying the story. Uh, the graphics are slightly modernly sort of updated. There is still a major issue, at least for me, is if you're running around in a trench coat, the trench coat is going to stick to the back of your legs and it's not going to flow ah, in the wind yeah. or that sort of mechanic, um, which I found really weird because... I went to a store, of course, I bought a trench coat and, you know, made myself look like a proper fucking old school mafia gangster. But being a definitive edition, once you get past a certain point, you can then go into essentially your wardrobe in your apartment and change clothes to essentially whatever you want. Yeah. And there was an outfit that I just randomly picked. This is a DLC outfit that is included in the game. It's not a trench coat. It's just sort of a like a scarf face suit. It's like an open top sort of, not a V-neck, but open button shirt and a jacket sort of thing. And that jacket flaps around in the wind as you run around, but trench coats don't. 
Yeah, I mean, some like it's probably some of the, the materials they're working with that just didn't really work in the game. They just went, it's just easier to make certain things work and others not. Like it becomes too yeah, hard. It, and they, they like unless you're actually rebuilding this game from the ground up, which clearly they haven't, they are going to be stuck with a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so that's why I'm looking forward to Mafia One in that regards because it's going to be a complete rebuild. Well, and that's that's it, right? Like, a lot of these games, I think, yeah, a spit and polish to them does uh, does wonders to make it look more modern. But some of that stuff still there, right? Some of that old gameplay is still there. Some of those old graphical hitches are still there, that they, and they're not going to get rid of them at all. Yeah, and. Yeah, without repeating myself over and over again, it's a Scorsese film. There's a fuckload of there's a fuckload of story going on here. There is a lot of character development. So, if you're loving, I, I think this is going to be a division between sort of how can I recommend this game? Because if I were to say to you. Yes, Fuzzy, you'll like it because there's so much character building and there's there's a world around it and you're introduced to a lot of characters and you're not forgetting who people are. Yeah. But if it was, say, to Ian in regards to, hey, I don't think this game is for you because there's so much nothing in between the story. Like, yeah. there's cutscenes that provide story and what's going on, but for the first, yeah, four hours of the game, you're doing nothing but, you know, just beating people up for money and going to the docks and, you know, moving boxes and all this sort of mundane crap. Yeah. Where... And that's one of the problems... Those that, little moments... That was one of the problems I had with this game when it first came out. And the, the, the same problem continued over to Mafia 3 as well. So there's a lot of that similar kind of story, different setting thing, you know, nice, slightly nicer graphics. But it's it's still, like, the, the pacing of this thing is, is a massive issue. Like I, I and I hate to compare it for the second week in a row to GTA Five, um, but the uh, I'm going to because the, the that game is paced so well. It teases you sporadically with like really big set pieces and all sorts of stuff going on. It's not just a oh you have to you know steal this guy's wallet and then you know break into that car. Like it's it's it, it really throws you in and then pulls you back and it's just it paces itself really well with the mission difficulty and the the types of things going on um mafia yeah. the mafia series not so much like it is that story of uh i'm just starting out from scratch i'm going to start doing these things and and build myself up and become something and it just i, I think it loses me in those in, in that storytelling so yeah, with a definitive edition or remastering of it, I don't think any of that's going to go away without it being a completely different game. I mean, it's not like this is the Final Fantasy VII remastered edition where they literally yeah. rebuilt the entire thing, made it completely different, changed story, changed everything. Like, they did something with that. Like, this is a fresh coat of paint on an old game. I, th I think as well, because we are sort of going to get that with, with Mafia 1. Yeah where both Mafia 2 Definitive and Mafia 3 Definitive are sort of... They're releasing as a trilogy, and I think you can buy it for, like... I think it's 100 bucks or something like that on digitally on the Xbox Store or on the PlayStation Store. It's about 100 bucks for all three games. Yeah. So that'll give you Mafia 1, Mafia, Mafia 1, 2, and 3 Definitive. And I think by immediate releasing 2 and 3, that'll build a bit of the hype around the first game releasing sort of later in the year. Yeah. There are some mechanics in this game that I really like. So, if it's snowing and it's cold, when you start your engine in your car for the first time, 
your engine's cold, so you need to rev the gas a fair a wee bit for it to warm up before it actually takes off. Yeah. So you can't just turn the car on and off your drive, sort of like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, if you're driving sporadically and you know you're driving like you wouldn't say Grand Theft Auto or Saints Row, the cops are going, no, you're going through red lights. And if you've got a passenger in your car, they're going, you're going too fast, slow down. You're going through red lights. You're going to alert someone. We don't need this attention. Mm. The cops will go. Yeah, you clearly can't be doing that. We're we're going to fucking pull you up on it. They played that same um, thing. They with- played that really well. That mechanic in Mafia Three, like it's one of the like just the the movement around the city. It, it became it, it wasn't just a blow through red lights and do everything. You know, yeah. There are there's that sort of, sort of suspicious activity kind of thing that people would you know that that would alert cops to your presence. So it was it was a bit more. I don't. I hate to say realistic, but it's just more um, a believable mechanic within the game that actually helps you immerse into the role that you're playing, and it's not just cheesing the system to you know. Oh, I'm going to hide up on this roof so that they can't see me, kind of thing. So they they actually made it a a, a lot more uh, fun to play. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it is actually quite a little bit surprising that these sort of mechanics haven't moved over to GTA because there's also a not a fuel gauge but when there's like a little red light that starts flashing on your speedo that when your car is out of fuel you need to take it to a petrol station to fill up and it costs like you know two bucks or whatever it is to fill up the petrol in your car Mm. but just that that sort of thing where in in Red Dead they made you know your horse gets tired you have to brush your horse you have to feed yours yeah see they went too far the other way with that one though right so the GTA doesn't have it and then Red Dead has all of it you have to feed your horse and brush it and you know take care of it and all the rest of it it's like that's like the immersion level in that is so deep that it's one of the things that I, I've disliked about that game is it's no longer playable because it just I don't really care about that. Once I've played through it, I don't care to relive that experience, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I can get that as well. Mm. Like in regard, like in for, for GTA that I can't be fucked, having to not only manage the fucking camp and manage people's happiness mm. and got to do what Dutch says, but yeah, like also managing your horse. But I'm surprised that like GTA haven't hasn't done the the fuel mechanics or the, the speeding mechanics or something like that. Because I kind of like if you're if you've got sensitive material in the back, like a you know, fucking bomber or gun or something like that, that clearly if the cops pull you over, you're fucked. So you, you turn on a speed limiter by pushing a button on the controller. Mm. So that means you can only go up to a certain speed. And you, it, it'll stop you from fucking flooring it and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't got that. It's Mafia 2 is fun. It's great for storytelling and it's great for character building. The gameplay has definitely aged over 10 years. Mm. Um I think if you can get through the gameplay for the story, you're going to love it. Yeah. If you're loving the story, you're going to go th- you're going to put up with the gameplay. But if you're not loving the story, you're not going to love the gameplay because the gameplay isn't as good as what the story provides because the story is fantastic. Yeah, no fair enough. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. There we go. So we're giving this a score out of 5. What are we what are we giving it, man? I'm going to give it a 3. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The story is fantastic, but if you don't like the story, you're not going to like the game. Yeah. And lots of people say, like, look, Mafia 2 is my favorite game. And look, Mafia can best be compared to L.A. Noire. You, yeah. Unlike oh, GTA, you can't go out yeah. and... Yeah, you can't go out and fucking, you know, 
steal a plane or buy real estate or, you know, all that sort of stupid fun stuff that if you're not enjoying the story of GTA, you can go do that, you know, fun side crap. Mm. You can't do that in Mafia. Just like you can't do that in L.A. Noire because you're a cop. You can't do it in Mafia because you don't want to get, you know, th- that wrong attention. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, but, I mean, if you look at games like L- uh, like L.A. Noire, like, that, that, that it's so much going for it. That game was... Like that, just that interviewing process, like where you're interrogating suspects and all the rest of it, like that was fascinating. They did such an amazing. I enjoyed LA Noir. I actually really, really enjoyed LA Noir. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, that's such a crazy game. We'll, we'll talk about that at some stage when um, that ever gets remade. But that was just so much goes went on behind the scenes, and that was uh, I think it was um, Bondi, wasn't it? it? Was the Bondi Studio that got shut down? Yeah, yeah. There, there was a there was a slight remaster that came out maybe three or four years ago, and it actually came out to the Nintendo Switch as well. Yeah. But it's that slight graphical tweak, sort of like yeah. what we got with Mafia 2. It's a slight tweak. It's not a, a noticeable tweak. No. It is a little bit noticeable, but it's not, oh, my God, sort of noticeable. No, I'd love I'd love them to do something like that again, like a, a new L.A. Noir, or there was one that was teased for a really long time before GTA V came out, which was the uh, like a spy story. So same kind of world, same kind of idea, but you're playing as like uh, your characters are all spies, and there's a bunch of like so think like James Bond in GTA, that kind of thing. So that'd be fantastic, which would be amazing, which everyone was excited for, and it never. I I think it got um, got shelved next to that remaster of Bully. Um, so oh yeah. yeah, so it was one of those ones that sat around for a while, but um, yeah, interesting. Well, there you go, uh, Mafia Two. Um, so yeah, exciting times for Mafia fans or fans of the Mafia, or friends or family of the Mafia. In fact, if you've got any connections <laughs> to the mob whatsoever, this is the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> from from playing this game, I have rewatched The Irishman, ah. uh, and I've actually watched uh, The Godfather for the first time as well. Excellent. Okay. Two uh, interesting films. Uh, yeah, both ends of the spectrum. Mm. <laughs> I mean... If you if if you're asking me, mate, and I and you, well, I'm telling you because you haven't asked me. Um, you should go. <laughs> you should go and watch Goodfellas because Goodfellas is the quintessential mafia movie. Like that is the movie. That is that was on Netflix, but I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. It's, I think it's gone. Yeah, no, good, good. Like if you're going to talk about like mafia films, Goodfellas, like that's a number one. Like The Godfather is is a great film, but Goodfellas for me is Scorsese at his best. It is everything you want about mob movies. It's kind of similar-esque stories in here. Lots of sort of wise guy action going on. And um, Ray, Le- Ray Liotta in that film is just fucking fantastic. I love him. Uh, so, yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to the next one. Um, we've got stuff to talk about. And the next one here is the one that I reviewed this last... Well, I actually reviewed this a while ago, but I haven't been able to talk about it. Uh, until yeah. now, it is the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I'm just going to say 2020 is... Let's just call 2020 the definitive year for video games because it's just everything that's come out this year is a remake. It's a definitive edition. It's uh, it's a rejig. They are just pumping these things out because they just have run out of ideas, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't sort of go into the studio to sort of keep going on a new title or whatever it is that you're working on so it's like cool well let's while we're stuck at home let's let's make a definitive edition of this (laughs) while we're waiting for the next gen let's just remake the last game that we did 
Um, it's happening. It's <laughs> happening a lot. And look, I think this one is probably probably one of the best times for games to to come out because this one suffered for end of life cycle. Um, so this uh, Xenoblade Chronicles was released in 2010. Uh, it came out originally on the Wii, but it was at the end of the life cycle of Wii. So it was kind of like one of the, it was one of the last like big titles that came out for it, um, mm. and it was super well received. Everyone loved it, thought it was great. But if you go back and look at it, it's not a very pretty game. It looks sort of you know it, it looks like a Wii game, and they were while very playable, were probably not the best looking ones. Maybe the wrong platform, maybe yeah. the wrong time, but whatever it was, it still worked. People still loved it. Um, I still thought it was really great. And this is, I, I'm going to say, as far as definitive editions go, this is probably one of the better ones that I've seen. So That's a big call. Yeah, like, I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of re- remakes. Um, so I, I'll put a lot of comparisons into this with, with Final Fantasy VII um, because that was a, a remake. Um, this is a, a just a, a re- it takes everything that they made so good about the, the first game or the first edition of it, and they just get it better, and then they take away all of the stuff that was bad as well. And that's the key that I think games like Mafia Two have missed out on. You make improvements on the things that haven't worked, and they've done a really good job. Like it's a a very solid JRPG that I, I think pretty much anyone who's interested in those types of games should have played or should be playing right now. Um, it came out now, or it's now out on the Switch, so if you haven't got yourself a Switch, I will say this is not one of those games that I would rush out and recommend, oh, you have to have a Switch for. It's not a, a Zelda um, or a Mario Brothers. It's a game that, if you've got that platform already, fantastic, get this game, but don't go out of your way to get it, if you know what I mean. Like, I wouldn't spend five... Yeah, I wouldn't okay. tell someone to spend 400 bucks buying a platform to play this game. Um, but it is really cool. It's um, there are uh, some really interesting game mechanics within this game that I've I've not really seen elsewhere before. I know there's a lot of comparisons to this game between um, between this and stuff like uh, Final Fantasy and a game called White Knight Chronicles, where like the the, the combat systems just this really mixed sort of like turn based combat, but not. Um, so it's it's very much right. it's really bizarre. So it's basically like you lock onto an enemy, and it'll just start yes. like auto attacking the enemy. So you don't have to press any buttons. It's just essentially lock on. It starts attacking, and then you kind of select like your power up attack. So it'll you know sort of pause time while you're selecting what power up you you want to uh, use on that particular enemy, and then just start. It just keeps going. So it just kind of cycles through. It's actually. I gotta say, I at one stage I just there was a bunch of like low level enemies around me. I just kind of left the controller there and walked out and made myself a coffee and came back. And by the time I'd come back, all the enemies were dead and my character was still alive. It's kind of like it, that's yeah, that's interesting that you can actively walk away from a game and come back and yeah, my character's done what he needs to do. Well, it's like I, like I, I was sitting there watching it. I was like, okay, this was it was in the first like you know two hours of the game. I was, you know, I was trying to get the handle on the system. I was like, what if I just don't do anything? Like, if I just sit there and I, I could literally put my controller down and as long as the enemies aren't too difficult, they can just, like, auto-attack them and it's done. It's, 
Mm. I mean, there is. I think that once you get into the sort of the mid level to you know, late game bosses, they start to become much more difficult. They need a lot more close management. There's a bunch of stuff about positioning as well. So attacking someone from the side, um, you know, with specific attacks can do much more damage or behind all that kind of stuff. So you actually have to actively work yourself into the combat. But it's um, yeah, the those early game early game fighting early game combat scenarios were just dull and i get there's that that whole aspect of like you know it's it's kind of like a training mission without it being a training mission if you know what i mean like it's they're using the first levels to get everyone adjusted to it yeah so it's it's turn-based but it's not at the same time mm. but it's 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 sort of giving you the idea though that you can start playing the game and walk away from the console <laughs> while your character just does his thing it was it was so bizarre like it was an experience that i've had in in this game and i'm like no i, I shouldn't i shouldn't be thinking about putting the controller down i shouldn't be thinking that i don't have to do anything here i should be engaged and that's something that is it like a, is it like a grid base sort of no thing, no it's it like sort of open open, uh, open combat so there's sort of three lots of movement around and it's not that that old school turn base okay I've got to make my attack and then wait for them to respond very much like there is a timing yeah. aspect of it that you can get good at and you have to get good at when the the enemies become harder um, but I'd, I'd say like I look at the what they did with the Final Fantasy VII remake this year and wow that was amazing like the that was Yes, there were some turn-based elements. Yes, there were some power-up elements. But there was like there was active combat stuff going on. There was timing. There was things that made me feel like it was more of an action game than anything else. And yeah, you play that kind of stuff and you see what it could be. And then you go back to this auto-attack stuff. And it's just, it feels like a little bit of bullshit, to be completely honest. But I know that the people that love this game when it first came out absolutely love how it plays. So, for anyone who likes that style of game, like this, this is you know the absolute perfect version of that, and they're going to really love it again. For anyone who hasn't played it before, it's going to be a really unique and new experience that you either really love or really not love. Which I'm probably in that second part of that. Right? How was the? Because it, it did originally release on the Wii. How was yep. the? graphical change compared to the week oh, to the man. switch it, is it a chalk and cheese substantial change chalk and cheese like yeah right i like they, they, they felt very sort of blocky um really sort of roughly shaded when it's when you look at the wii stuff so i went back and watched a bunch of gameplay videos and saw how it used to play out and what they've done is they've they have remodeled everything so it's not like um i'm not going to say it's a complete re like remake like they did with final fantasy 7 but very much like they have taken the characters and gone right let's build them up now with our current gen technology um and make it much pretty and it just it looks pretty it's a very pretty looking game a lot like i've seen a lot of the the sword and shield series for pokemon um so i've been watching yep. little fuzz play a lot of that I think they've stolen or at least borrowed a lot of ideas from that and how that plays. And you can see that sort of character modeling and design in this game. So they've taken aspects of the original title, put a little bit of Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield in there, and that's kind of the aesthetic that you have now. So I, I, I quite like that. I think it works really well. Um, and especially when this game, like, it is so well voice acted. It's got a great story. 
Um, it's got interesting things going on. It's got a very active world around you. It's open world RPG, um, but it takes out all of the boring aspects of all of those things and makes it better. So it looks better, it plays better, and yeah, it, it just is a much better version of itself. Um, yeah, it's- yeah, right. So if you if you if you enjoyed the first if you enjoyed playing it the first time, you definitely need to pick it up again because it's just a, oh, absolutely, it's a better version of it. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. and what they've done here is they've they've added in some uh, some additional content. So they've got the epilogue in there, which gives you another like I think it's about two or three hours worth of gameplay um, and additional story around it all. It's really like. It really is a very, very good version of what they've um, what they've previously released, and I just think they've, uh, as far as doing the right things for a, like a definitive edition, like they've ticked all of the boxes. They've made it look better. They've made it play more smoothly. They've taken out a bunch of stuff from like like there's no more of that sort of like they never had any of those fetch quest things going on. It's very much like you see them in a lot of RPGs. It's like, okay, yes, Mr. Fisherman, I'll go get your fishing rod from your house and you, you know, walk halfway across the map and get his fishing rod and then you walk all the way back. It's very much sort of like one directional. So you go from your the, the start of the, the mission to the end and then the mission ends there. You don't have to take everything back again. You don't, you're not zipping around the map. It's, it's much more... Um, game friendly or gamer friendly and that really makes a difference in how this plays so i think a lot of those aspects you go wow that would play really well in any other type of game all right there we go well of course we rate things out of five here fuzzy what do you got um i'm giving this one a four so i mean i i really enjoyed it i think it was a um an interesting take on jrpgs never played the original so i don't know what that was like when it came out but if it was anything like this i can understand why people got super excited about it and can also understand why this got a re-release um it's yeah it's very very much the best version of itself it's like you know it's been in a shitty marriage for the past 10 years and you know got a divorce and went to the gym and got ripped and now it's back with its beach bod just you know fucking hulking out like it's doing all of the right things um i'd love to see what the ex-wife <laughs> like the, the reaction of the ex-wife well the ex-wife is the Wii, so now it's moved on to the switch it's got the newer younger model <laughs> yeah, it's a five dollar trade-in is what it is <laughs> it's got the newer younger model right the the, the Wii is old school <laughs> out trashy um but yeah look i i enjoyed it like <laughs> I enjoyed most of this game apart from the combat, which is a big shame because it is a very big part of the game. Uh, I know yep. there are a lot of, I've read a lot of reviews and everyone's like, you know, lining up to suck this game's dick because it's so like, everyone's so happy it's back. I just got to take it with a little grain. Like it doesn't work for me on, on some levels. And you know, just the fact that one aspect of your game, which is a fairly significant one doesn't work for me, makes it, you know, brings that score down a bit, but I can still appreciate the work that's gone into it and really say, like, you know, I wish all definitive editions were like this. Make your game better, take out all the shitty stuff, and, you know, people could learn some very valuable lessons from that. Yeah, well, there we go. Well, looks like it's uh, this episode's a a definitive edition of an episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's entirely this year, man. It's remakes, remasters, definitive editions. That's like, that's all we're getting at the moment. I just want to (laughs) see, I'm very, I'm hungry for a new game to come out. Um, 
I mean, we got Man Eater. That was a new game. It's a fantastic. Uh, something game. you can sink your teeth but, into. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> he said it. He said the thing. I mean, like it's it's really bizarre because after playing that, so I played Xenoblade. I finished that up about two weeks ago. Um, so we got a super advanced mm-hmm. copy of that, and um, that was really great. But we just haven't been able to talk about it until now. Uh, so in the past week, I've been getting into um <laughs> a bit of a game which i put away for a long time and i've got back out now no man's sky um yeah that's that's coming to game pass for uh, for anyone interested as oh well Oh man i picked it up this week uh on so i've had it i had it originally on playstation and i played it a lot on there i picked it up on pc because it was down to like 40 bucks um it's the things that have gone on in this game, I can't express how much this game has changed and improved since the absolutely terrible release that it had. This game is now the game that they promised years ago, and it's it's so much fun. It's it's amazing. Everything that like you can do in this game is next level cool, and it's it's everything I could have possibly wanted from this game when it came out. So I'm really enjoying playing that. It's I mean, they've had, what was it, three years ago, four years ago now that it got released? And um, probably even longer. About year four or five, yeah, because uh, it was uh, nearly two years ago now that it came out on Xbox. Yeah, and, like, it's just, for what it is now, like, they keep re- keep doing, like, massive updates to it, and there's l- just and they're all free. Like, every single update, that come, there's no paid DLC, there's no none of that. They give everything out for free because they are like, we're making you that game we promised. And there's just so much cool stuff you can get, like, you know, you can get your own freighters, like, that came in an update last year. There's the VR patches, which uh, came along last year. You can now get um, your own mechs, so you can wander around your planet just in giant mech suits. The underwater environments are amazing. Like, everything about it's doing really, really well. So, while this game hasn't been sort of remastered, it's just been constantly improved since its launch, and it just it looks and plays awesome. So... If you haven't played it um, before, it's probably one that you can get on the cheap right now um, or on Games Pass when it comes out. Uh, if you've had this on your shelf for a very long time, get it back out because it's definitely worth playing now. It sounds a little bit like Sea of Thieves. Apparently, Sea of Thieves has uh, completely jumped. I, I, I took a look at it when the, the Megalodon came out and apparently it's just getting more and more content yeah uh, maybe it's just something about these like these big budget sort of these big themed ideas that come out when they come out they're like yeah we're gonna do all of this and it comes out and they just can't deliver on it maybe it's one of those things that you just have to wait you know <laughs> a year or two before it actually gets good and that's the thing you like the with i think we're properties like uh, game pass are great for that because like yeah cool it is a game and it is a life of service game yeah because that's how it's set up but game pass is like you don't have to take that risk buying it and then not enjoying it where you can literally just get the game mm. and play it and then if you don't like it you've got over a hundred different games to play on game pass yeah. Yeah, no, great. Like, and they've got some good ones in there. Like, they uh, they've got the Deep Rock Galactic uh, game in there. There's a bunch of those oh, games. Oh, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm doing a video on that, buddy. Don't you worry. Oh, there's a bunch of those games that are just really good for for that kind of content. They you know, they start out small and they work their way big, rather than starting out promising everything and then you know not delivering. So, you know, I, I, 
it, it's great that No Man's Sky is coming out to uh, to Games Pass. So, do we have a time frame on that one? Uh, I think it'll be within the next month. Okay, that's I'm that's off the top of my head. Um, but to be honest, if you have an Xbox and you haven't looked at Game Pass, I I used to previously I used to just buy the yearly Xbox subscription for that, you know, 80 bucks or whatever yeah. it was. Now I spend 20 bucks a month. Yes, it's 20 bucks a month or, you know, I think it's maybe 16, 16 bucks a month for Game Pass and Gold put together and Game Pass Gold. Mm-hmm. I use Game Pass all the fucking time. Deep Rock Galactic is a fantastic game. Yeah. You and three other mates, Deep Rock, you're, you're fucking set, man. You're fucking set. <laughs> well, there we go. So I, I just had a, a quick check on that. Um, you can buy the game right now for 25 bucks on Xbox, um, or I think it's coming out next month. You're right. Uh, coming in June. Yeah. So there you go. So it's not far off, but yeah, it's everything they've done to this game is so cool. <laughs> I love it so much. I've been playing it la- for the last week nonstop. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's those, those sort of games. I reckon they, they work there. They, if, they release something that may not be popular, but they work their way back into like we fucked up, but we're fixing it. Oh. And you know what? We're we're gonna we're gonna fix it more than fucking EA fixed Battlefront two. We're gonna fucking oh, we're man. not we're going the hard yards. These on guys, it. Yeah. Sean Murray and the team at Hello Games, like they absolutely crushed this one. Um, they mm. total redemption as far as I'm concerned. Like they've made this game everything and more than it could have been. So yeah. Check it out. It's that's. Uh, it's. I, I'd love to give this game like you know potential for like indie game of the year, but like it's it was released so long ago, but it's so much hey, better. I, I right could. Now. I think I, I. I think I fudged the rules <laughs> a bit last year. Completely broke the rules is what he's saying. Um, but yes, there we yeah. go. Well, look, um, it's been super fun talking to you again, mate. Uh, another full week of games. We'll be back again next week to talk about some more games. Yes, next week I'll be talking about the new Mortal Kombat Aftermath DLC. Oh yes, look, it is it is available now. I do have my thoughts on it, but to be honest, I think it's something as well that I don't want to potentially spoil for anyone who's looking forward to playing it. Um, I have some thoughts, but <laughs> it's if you like if you liked Mortal Kombat Eleven, you're gonna like Mortal Kombat Aftermath. That's that's the best way of looking at it. This is what comes after Eleven. Not 12, Aftermath. Um, but yes, there we go. Okay, exciting. It's, it's out now, yeah? It is a, It is available now. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, if you have Mortal Kombat, it is a, a, a additional DLC that you have to pay for on top of the Season Pass, if you already got the Season Pass. Um, it gives you three new characters, one of which includes Robocop. Um, you get an extra five full chapters of uh, of gameplay in, in the story. So the game ended on chapter 12, I think it is, in the story, and this will now go to chapter 17. Yeah, wow. Um, so it gives you this 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 massive, not massive, but it gives you a, a, a fairly decent chunk of new story DLC. Mm. Um, it gives you a heap of new costumes to unlock or not unlock. You already have them unlocked. Um, and by getting this DLC as well, they're going to release three more DLC um not characters, but skins okay. for for other characters that you already have. Um, so if you get the aftermath pack, I think it's about fifty bucks or sixty bucks. So it is, it is a bit of a chunk, but this is the return to form of DLC that extends the life of a game that's not multiplayer exclusive. Like you're not buying extra maps for COD or you know the extra maps for for Battlefront or Battlefield or anything like that. It's giving you story DLC. Mm. 
Um, if you don't have Mortal Kombat 11, you can buy a pack together. It's called the, I think it's called the Complete Collection or the Aftermath Collection. Yeah. It includes Mortal Kombat 11. It includes the Season Pass and it includes this new DLC as well. So it's sort of that Game of the Year edition. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and look, I mean, yeah. obviously, as well, it gives you Robocop, so. <laughs> it, it gives you it gives you costumes, like, when you play the campaign, it gives you costumes for every character in the game, except for the external properties of Mortal Kombat. So, like, when you when you play Mortal Kombat 11, when you play the normal campaign as you normally would, when you, know, when you complete the Liu Kang section, you get some Liu Kang costumes. Yeah. When you complete Sub-Zero, you get some, yeah, that sort of stuff. You get a fuckload of additional new costumes or new gear that they've made for the original or not original but the Mortal Kombat owned properties you won't get extra costumes for the Joker or for yeah. Spawn or for no, the Terminator or stuff I mean but like uh, we had yeah. the, the season pass for, for um, Mortal Kombat 11 um, and they had a bunch of stuff in there like they had like the original game skins for like Sub-Zero and Scorpion and stuff like that so that was pretty cool like you, yeah you, you, you now get uh, one of the fan favourite skins I think was from Mortal Kombat 9 or Mortal Kombat yeah. 8 for, for Scorpion uh, for, not Scorpion for Sub-Zero where it makes him look like um, the Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> <laughs> He's got that sort of that big crowny yeah. helmet. People love that costume of Sub Zero, so they put that in the game for free for people to just use. Yeah, I will say, I'm using some it of now. the customization options in that game are really fun. Like they, it's, oh, it's a very much a, they, a, like I can you pay for it, but I, I will say that you do that you do get a lot of fan service, as in you know, that's the kind of stuff that people want to be doing. Great, here it is. Here's all the access to it. You just have to pay five bucks for the outfit, kind of thing. Which is yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't no, mind that. not not even that. You don't you, you don't have to pay five bucks for costumes in Mortal Kombat. You unlock them by going in and like completing towers and challenges and all that sort of stuff. You unlock costumes, but like uh, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. But it, Injustice Two started off with like you know give Superman a different S, <laughs> or give him a different cape, oh, man. like that that sort of. <laughs> That sort of stuff, like change little elements of the costume. Yeah. And Mortal Kombat 11 has gone, cool, if you change the arms on Jax, that gives, you know, not only does it physically change what he looks like, but if you keep using that, you can then upgrade what that does. You can make that, give it an extra fucking push or this or mm. that. And I'm looking forward to the next Injustice game because Injustice builds off Mortal Kombat, then Mortal Kombat builds off Injustice. And it's that sort of, you're learning from each entry in its own series so then the next injustice game will have learned from mortal Kombat. so i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing that <laughs> yeah it's uh, that'll be interesting if and when that ever comes out <laughs> oh well yeah i'll talk about uh, i'll talk about mortal Kombat next week but awesome. um yeah there's a there's a tease for anyone thanks very much mate um as always check us out uh, we are shaken not noob we're on the uh, shaken not nerd channel so you can check us out on all of the things We'll be back next week to talk more games. And I've been Fuzzy Dan reminding you that if you're not having a good time with your games, the major problem here is that probably you've got a really shitty TV and the controllers need to get updated, but mostly just get good. And this is Duty reminding you too, look, we're stuck at home. Like, restrictions are starting to lift, but, you know... Just like Kermit and uh, and Ray Dent, who on the Shaken Up Nerd listener community have added me on Xbox. I still haven't played with them because, fellas, you got to fucking play with each other and you got to play with yourself. 